Welcome back for yet another episode of Station to Station podcast, episode number three. The Mets get back on track with wins against Miami and San Diego at home. The Yankees starting to show a few holes in. Is it time to start to worry about the Tampa Bay Rays? All this and more coming up next on Station to Station. This station is Station to Station. everybody welcome to station to station i'm john persapio joined along with always with brian sarnelli brian how are you today you know i'm feeling pretty good you know uh we are 10 games into the regular season right now as we speak and uh you know both our teams over 500 to start the season you know looking Mm. okay but i feel like john you have a lot you want to get into with your new york yankees so i might as well just I'm going to let you take the floor first. You know, I have a lot of positive things to talk about. I feel like you might be a little bit more on the negative side. Well, yeah, Yankees take two out of three versus Baltimore. They did drop the opening game in the series. That was the Orioles home opener. Um, And I think what you're starting to see a little bit from the Yankees, despite, you know, still taking those two out of three games in Baltimore, is you're starting to get a little bit of more of a real sense as to who they are right now. Uh, And we've talked at great length in the past that the Yankees right now Uh, They're a banged-up team. They're not the final product. With that said, you do have to take that into account. Um, I do think that there's definitely room for improvement, and you have to, you know, hold your breath and hope for the best with a few injuries out there right now. Um, The positives, though, with the Yankees coming into this weekend, hey, Nestor Cortez, I mentioned before the season, Uh, I was worried about Cortez. You didn't know what you were going to get from him again coming into this season after the stellar season he put together last year. I mean, he's been everything that and more so far through a young season. Two starts, he's 2-0. He's compiled a 2.61 ERA. He has eight strikeouts and a 1.26 whip, which is really what stands out to you again. Only two games into the young season. But so far, so good. You know, that's... What you want to see coming into this year when there are question marks around him. Um, Another positive, though, for the Yankees that I want to highlight. How about the start by Franchi Cordero? I mean, this guy, he's making the loss of uh, Matt Carpenter pretty easy on us as Yankee fans. I mean, comes out of nowhere. He was a signing the night before opening day. Uh, Cordero, he's hitting 286 on a year. He's got three home runs, 10 ribbies and a 1.110 OPS. I mean, that, who, if you would have asked for, again, half of that at this point in the year, you would have signed up for it. Um, So Cordero has been excellent by all means. Uh, Over the weekend, we did have, get ready for it, the big news. A lot of Yankee fans weren't upset by this news, but Josh Donaldson lands on the I.L., uh, with a hamstring injury. Now, this might be about a month till he comes back. Again, this is a big topic of discussion because a lot of Yankee fans, you know, they wanted Donaldson out of the lineup. Well, now you got it. Uh, you know, we're two games into the Cleveland series as we're, we're recording this right now. Um, I'm going to tell you a little bit of an unpopular opinion, Brian. Are you ready? I'm ready. I don't 
I don't think this is an injury that Yankee fans should be celebrating, you know, for lack of a better term. I realize not everyone's celebrating an injury, uh, but they're not bothered by it. There's a lot of people that are saying, hey, let's get them out of the lineup. Let's give other people a chance. Well, the other people is Isaiah Kiner-Falefa. Now, you have Kiner-Falefa playing third base. He won a gold glove there with Texas. Uh, however, IKF with a glove is a much different player than Josh Donaldson is in the field. Uh, my personal opinion on this, and I don't know how you feel, but I, you know, I can deal with Donaldson's bat in the lineup. I'm okay with the rest of the offense carrying Donaldson. If his glove is going to continue to be as good as it's been at third base, I think the surefire defense at the hot corner is a better value than a bit of an underperforming bat. Now, with that said, there's another player that I recently went off thought about, and that's Aaron Hicks. Now, Aaron Hicks hasn't had a great offensive season either, but I'm, you know, I was very on the record last week when I said he's not a major league starter anymore. But I can't justify having both Hicks and Donaldson in the same lineup. Um, Unlike Hicks, Donaldson brings great value to the field. And I think there's something to be said about that. I don't know about you. No, I mean, no, I get that. I, I think having a better, personally, I think you have enough offense. I really do. Right. And obviously, I'm I'm not the, the Yankee homer, the Yankee fan by any means. But I, I do think you have enough offense. I think the thing with the Yankees has, has always been, like, can they just get enough guys to get on base? It always felt like the Yankees lineup was a lot of all or nothing. and. I feel like now what you want to kind of build around is just having a better defense to kind of keep everything at bay and let your guys go out there and slug. I personally don't, I don't know. I, I, I the Aaron Hicks thing is different because I think Aaron Hicks is, I think Aaron Hicks is just kind of washed. And I, Oh yeah. I don't feel that way as an outsider about Josh Donaldson. I'm not, I'm not there. I'm not at the same level of, and again, I'm not a Yankee fan. I'm sure if I was watching 162 games a year, maybe I'd feel a little bit different, but I still feel like if the Mets acquired Josh Donaldson, I would have like that little bit of a feeling of like, maybe there's something, maybe there's something left here. You know, maybe he goes right. on a run. This guy can get hot. Maybe he can do something. If we acquired Aaron Hicks, I wouldn't feel, I wouldn't feel anything. I'd be like, oh, this is kind of, this is kind of a waste. This guy's kind of washed. So I don't know. I I don't like putting those guys almost in the same box. I feel like Donaldson should still be given a little bit more respect than Hicks is getting. I agree a hundred percent. And I, you know, to your point, I think that a lot of people just put him in the same box as they've been two underperformers um, the past year. Now Hicks again has been an underperformer a bit longer. Donaldson only joined the team last year. You want to go back to that last season with Minnesota. Sure. You know, it wasn't great either. Um, age is definitely a thing with him. But he's shown you with the glove. He's still got it. And that's, to me, that's the value in Josh Donaldson right now. And to your point, you know, we've seen Donaldson have some streakiness where he really gets hot, and he's been a great ball player for it. Not to mention, last year, he had some big hits in the clutch. It goes overlooked and often forgotten. But he had uh, two, three walk-offs for the team last year alone. Um he doesn't seem phased by the big situation, and that's very important where Hicks, he certainly has, where you can tell the fans are in his head immensely. You know, 
I, I, I don't see them as the same player. Um, you hope that the hamstring injury isn't that bad. You can get him back in the lineup because Isaiah Kiner-Falefa, at the same token, he's not had an opportunity now to kind of run away with this. And he, he also has... that that is a guy who knows where Aaron Boone's has has all the bodies uh, buried. Oh, he yeah. has so much dirt. He must have seen something going on with that man's like wife or family, where he's just like, "I got gotcha. you, I got gotcha. you. I'm going to be playing as much Yankee baseball as I want. And there's nothing you can do about it." I yeah I know I truly don't understand what the fascination is with kind of Falefa at this point. That's also I mean, an all-time name that I know I can't pronounce. Oh my god! Can you imagine if they had n- names on the back of their uniforms? That's, 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 a, that's, that's an armpit to armpit name right there. That's like Sultalamakia. Oof! Yeah, that's definitely is. Hey, John, you kind of touched on something. I kind of want to bring you back to it a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, we're talking about kind of like this. We're only through 10 games. We're kind of feeling out these teams. We're kind of figuring out what these teams are going to be for the season. And obviously 10 games is not really that big of a sample size where you could fully lock in and be like, this is what the 2023 New York Yankees, New York Mets are going to be. But through 10 games of watching the Yankee baseball, what is like just the overall feeling about this team right now? In in your opinion, do you feel like, I mean, I know you're talking about some of these holes with some of these injuries, but do you actually feel like there's any reason for Yankee fans to be concerned with the 2023 club, like as an overview, or is this kind of just, Hey, this is happening right now. This is obviously like a recency bias. We're hyper fixating on it because it's, it's here and now, but like, if you take a complete big step back, Mm -hmm. do you think this stuff actually affects the 2023 Yankees from being successful? Well, uh, I'll tell you to start off, you know, to your first point, I, I truly, I, I watched the team and it has a different feel than I had last year, early in the year. Now, last year, early in the year, you know, we were wondering if the Yankees were going to challenge the 1998 Yankees for a record. Um, that's how good they were. And they played that well. They looked so well-rounded. This year, early on, they have not. Now, again, I will go back to this is not the finished product. There are a lot of injuries. Uh, You look at center field, you don't have Harrison Bader. The starting pitching is a shell of itself right now. Uh, Now, your infield, other than Donaldson, is pretty set and locked. Um, So that's, you know, that's what we're looking at right now. With that said you watch the team and you see a lot of things that have driven you nuts over the past few years. I'm very reliant on the home run. Uh, I don't like that. Now with the other game, it was against Baltimore. They were able to, you know, manufacture some runs, not via the home run, which I did enjoy. Um, uh, Tonight, as we record, this is game two of the Cleveland series. And while they did hit some home runs, they did also hit for average as well too. You do like that. Uh, but overall, there, there's something lacking. There, you don't get that feeling. You know, it's not must-watch television when you're putting the Yankees on right now. Uh, their starting pitching has overperformed for sure. Their bullpen's been great to this point. And I actually, I'm going to walk back something I said a few weeks ago in just a minute regarding the bullpen. Um but I'm excited to get the starters back. I want to have Bader back. Um, 
I think that's a big piece in the lineup, even though that's the main one that you're missing right now from the lineup. I do think he changes the dynamic of the team that much. Um, so I want to get him back in the lineup. I want to give you a little bit of a better idea from there. Uh, you know, the starting pitching as well, too. Herman has looked terrible. Uh, let's face it. Now, Domingo Herman in 2019, he was the guy I counted on the most when he took the mound. He was that good. 2020, uh, well, the end of 2019, obviously, his season got cut short. He faces suspension. 2020, same thing. You also had the lockout as well. 2021, he was starting to get back on track once he came back. Last year, not so great as well, too. And then here we are, and he hasn't looked great. So the Domingo Herman experiment, despite all the promise early on, it's not looking good at the moment. Um, so we got to see where he goes from there. You know, uh, But I think you'll say the same thing about the Mets in that regard, too. You got nothing for me? You just nodding That's weird... agreement. That's great for radio. Just that nod, you know, did that nod. I, I love you. Kind of. I don't know if Pat can agree with me there. I you left me in a spot there where I didn't know if you wanted me to pick up. Pat, <laughs> Pat, help me out here. It uh, it was, it was very last second hail mary. Like, hey, now now it's your turn. Yeah, it didn't feel. <laughs> it felt like I. Listen, you called a play in the huddle. And you didn't know if it was going to be a handoff or a pass. And then you kind of remembered it at the last second that it was supposed to be a handoff. And then you, you put it in my chest and I fumbled it. Now, I, I don't think any of us will argue that I, I don't have a problem talking forever. You know, <laughs> that that's not yes. an issue for me. So when I'm asking you, I'm, I'm looking for some conversation. I don't, <laughs> you know, believe it or not, I don't like to always just rant all the time. I would. I, I had some good rants. But let's uh, no, let's reset. Let's reset the momentum. I would like for you to ask me a question and we will we will reset with this question. What is your question for me? So, first of all, I talked about how the, the Yankees, they're not meeting my ex. I'm not getting excited for them. Correct. But, but the, I feel like with the Mets, it's the same thing going on over there right now. They're not. Yeah, they're not fulfilling your full expectations correct yeah no I, I would agree with that i mean you know the mets just kind of coming into the marlin series at home the mets kind of get shellacked by the brewers and and that kind of leads a, a negative taste in your mouth the mets had not lost a series last year all the way up until like june against the mariners and then to the second series of the year this year they get swept, swept. so completely different feel and they not just like a sweep like a total ass kicking by the Milwaukee Brewers losing 10 nothing 9 nothing and then you know you get a back and forth rubber game where you're like all right maybe we take a game here but the Brewers just rip your heart out and walk you off at the end so I mean credit to Milwaukee I don't think the Brewers are really that good of a team I think they just had a great series and the game planned well against the Mets and uh you know they kicked the shit out of us but the Mets kind of recover they go back home they open up against the Marlins at home. The Mets have dominated Miami for the last, I don't know, three or four years. They continue to do so. They take two out of three against the Marlins. And the Mets have like, um, I don't know. I, I understand what you mean. You're, you're kind of looking for that buzz. So the Mets have these three guys down in the minor leagues with Francisco Alvarez, Mark Vientos, Brett Beatty. And then I guess also, if you want to touch on a fourth one, Ronnie Macario was like four stud guys that are down in triple a for the Mets the Mets really we've touched on this before on this show well, Alvarez is up now with the team 
Correct. So, you know, those four guys are like the guys who are going to come up and, and inject life and inject some pop into this lineup, maybe throughout the year. And we get the first guy kind of up because Omar Navarez, right? This is kind of like, you know, the Mets are, I'm going to go off a little bit here, but the Mets have gotten away from the things that make them the quote unquote, the Mets, the things that people have laughed about, but every once in a while, one of them kind of rears their head. And this Omar Navarez thing kind of went under the radar, but right after the game, Navarez kind of puts out a quote saying, you know, he wanted to be safe and sorry, not play the next game, get it looked at. Navarez is going to be out for two months. That's just the ultimate, like, that's the mess. It's, that's where he's quite like, the hey, jump, yeah. I'm going to miss a game or two here just to make sure I get this thing kind of straightened out. He's out for two months. So right. with that, Francisco Alvarez kind of gets an early season opportunity to kind of stick. He's going to get a two-month sample size to kind of go 50-50 with Tomas Nito. And, you know, we'll kind of see what we have here with Alvarez. Everyone kind of was always questioning his defense. We knew the bat would be ready for the show, but could he actually catch this elite pitching staff at a high level? And I guess we're going to kind of find that out over these next two months. Um, so, you know, we'll kind of see. The bat so far for him has been okay. You know, he's got a couple hits. He's driven in a run in his first game. First at bat, he drives in a run. Um and, you know, now they got to take on the the Padres, which right now we got game two of the Padres happening as we're recording. You know, they get a little bit revenge in that first game. You get Max Scherzer, Hugh Darvich, same pitching matchup of game one from the NL wildcard series at City Field. Same place, same exact thing. Mets actually take this uh, first game of the series 5 nothing, and they kind of dominated them. They looked really, really good. Padres had one hit all the way up until the ninth inning. So... You kind of have to like what you're seeing from this team. Like I said, they are just, I don't know. You're you are right where I agree. It's similar to the Yankees where you're lacking the feeling that this is special. This doesn't feel special yet. It feels like we are very similar to the 2022 club. And I don't think that's a bad thing. And I think a lot of Mets fans should realize that that is not a bad thing. This feels exactly like 2022 in a way where they're just starting a little bit slower. But at the same time, like if this feels like the 2022 club, that club went out and won 101 games. And they kind of play the exact same games where they kind of grind you out. They are not going to get a lot of big hits. They're going to get timely hitting every once in a while. They're going to hit a big home run. I mean, Pete Alonso's tied for first in the MLB for home runs. He's got five already on the year. And this is going to just kind of be their style. They're just going to grind you. They're going to make you throw a lot of pitches. They're going to work walks. They're going to do, you know, they're going to hit the gaps. They're going to take the extra bases. The Mets for the first time in a while are a very smart baseball team. They have really good fundamentals. The Mets play really good defense and overall they pitch pretty well. So every single game, you're going to have a shot to win if you're the New York Mets, but you're right. They're, they're, they're lacking that, that like sexiness that makes you feel overly confident. Um, like you're about to watch something now as we say this john we've already talked we've already talked about this we're 10 games into a season 10 games into 162 games so i guess i kind of want to turn this back and figure out what is the window where you're like i know what this team is and i know a lot of people kind of like look towards that memorial day and mother's day gap yeah i I feel like it's further i use memorial day as my bench well, how much further? I mean, you're talking at the back. I mean, how much further do you need to go from there? I mean, the amount of times, though. I mean, like, 
I'm watching the 2020. I'm watching the 2015 New York Mets, who are 500 at the All Star break, and they go on to go to the World Series. And if you looked at that roster in the early of July of 2015, you're like, this team fucking sucks. And they went to a World Series. The Nationals, the one year that they won the World Series, like what were they like, 19 and 32 or something like that, and they went on and won yeah. the World Series. So 19 and 32, you're 50 games into a season. And you don't know what you are. You're almost 20 games under 500 and you turn around and go to the World Series and win the whole damn thing. So I, I guess like you just, I don't know. It's a, it's a tough thing to gauge. You know, it's April baseball and it's easy to overreact. It, you know, it's easy to get worried early on. It's easy to get very excited early on. But it's just that it's April baseball. Now we like to talk about it because, I mean, that makes for great content for sure. But also... It's fresh. You're excited to talk about it right now. But, you know, I think it's worth saying be cautious with your early observations and predictions. And we love to get caught up in it. But, you know, again, it is what it is. Now, so that, that being said, John. Yeah. You said don't get caught up in early predictions. Don't get caught up in April baseball. Yeah. For a minute. For a moment. Can sure. you and I take a trip? Can we get caught up in April baseball? Okay. Can we say something that we might regret in a couple months or so? I want to, I, I, I kind of have an overreaction to something, and I don't even know okay. if it's an overreaction. And I'm going to try to be rational with this. But Carlos Carrasco has been terrible, absolutely terrible yeah. for the New York Mets yeah, this year. He, he has. He's he is throwing batting practice every fifth yeah. day. And he was terrible for his last seven starts in 2022 this is not something that is just popping up so the question is well i guess it's not really a question it's an overreaction potentially i think he's out of the rotation in june right. and and i'm pretty adamant that I, I do not think carlos carrasco should be pitching for this team you think they're gonna move who are they gonna replace him with i think the way that david peterson and tyler mcgill have looked so far they have upside and they can develop to get better, I think Carlos Carrasco is only going to regress, and it just does not make sense when they are already out pitching him now to not give one of these young guys the ball All right. every fifth day. So when Verlander comes back, one of these guys is getting the boot down. And I don't think it should be Tyler McGill. I don't think this should be David Peterson. You want to go out there and compete for a World Series. You got to go out there and put your best guys out there and you're going to keep running out Carlos Carrasco just to get absolutely annihilated. Thank God that man does not have to face the Padres. I'll give you this. Cohen has showed, you know, a few times now that he's not afraid to eat contracts. Uh, so maybe I would call you crazy if it wasn't for Steve Cohen. You don't, you, you truly don't know where the guy is. I don't and, think Carlos Carrasco is really robbing the bank on you either, though. If you, if you no, move you him know. to a long relief role, I mean, I don't know. I, I, and I, I don't really even think it's that much of an overreaction. I think I'm just tired of watching a start be non-competitive. Yeah, no, I, I get that for sure. Like, get me one of these young guys who's going to go out there who, who might flash out of nowhere a 10K game or something ridiculous. And like, yeah, like the start that David Peterson did tonight, the guy goes five and two thirds, allows two runs to the Padres, second game of the series. And you know what? Against a team that, was in the NLCS last year and tormented you in the playoffs. 
to go out yeah. there and throw that kind of start, let go two runs, be down a run here in the eighth inning again of the second game. And, you know, that's a competitive start. And you take that every single day of the week. If you're like, you're going to pitch into the sixth inning and let go two runs, you're going to sign up for that all the time. But yeah, no, he looked good. I think, I think that's just my first thing. Um, I guess a positive overreaction is uh, Kodai Senga looks filthy. Yeah. Kodai yeah. Senga and that ghost fork ball is just absolutely ridiculous. And I yeah, watched some of like, shout out. I don't know if you follow the Twitter account Pitching Ninja. He, yeah, he, that's, a, that's a great follow. That is really a great follow. Absolutely a fantastic follow. And he, he's putting out these like overlays of him throwing his like fastball and his ghost fork at the same time. He repeats his delivery in just complete like sync. And it's phenomenal. And the drop off with the ghost fork is just untouchable. And it really is. It almost like comes in hard, like it's like a splitter. And then like the, the last movement of this pitch almost looks like it just becomes like a knuckleball that bottoms out. Well, let me ask you something. Does it remind you of Daisuke Matsuzaka at all? A little a bit. A little bit. A little bit. A little bit. Right? When he a first came on, not when he was with the Mets, but when he was with Boston that first year. You know what? His stint with the Mets, he was our closer. Yeah. Oh my God. That was a dark period for the Mets, though. That was a dark period. That, that honestly, was good. if you survived when Dice K was closing games for the Mets, oh you know, God. you you deserve every single bit of the Steve Cohen Mets. That no, that's a real that's a real Met fan. Don't give me these Met fans who came out of nowhere after 2015. You're right, right there. The, the Daisuke Matsuzaka, back end of the bullpen Mets. They, if you like them, then I give you credit. You're a Met fan. Now, hey, you were watching. Real well, quick, I, I actually want to take some from you, though. I, I do want to make a Yankee twist. Something big happened during the Mets game. Okay. When, when the Mets played San Diego. You Darvish was on the mound. Yep. Now, a former player in the league had some... Nice comments to say about you, Darvish. Okay. But then went off the absolute rails on Twitter following that. You know who I'm talking about? I don't actually. Evan Gaddis. Okay. You familiar with Evan Gaddis? I am familiar with Evan Gaddis. Now, for those who don't, Evan Gaddis is a former Houston Astro. And he played for the Astros in that famous 2017 year that they beat the Yankees in the ALCS. One of many times they've beaten the Yankees in the ALCS, mind you, but the first. Now, Gaddis. Now, listen, I don't ever want to, you know, accuse anyone of anything. But what I will do is take the facts that are in front of me and I'll make my own educated opinion. Sure. And that educated opinion is that Evan Gaddis was drunk beyond belief last night. I mean, I hope he was. Because what he said, this is absolutely insane. So let me read you a few of these tweets here. Um, a, a Twitter user tweets, Thanks, Evan. Was lucky to see you play left field two of the 11 times you did in 2015. Evan Gaddis responds, <laughs> right? Nice tweet. Nice. You're, I, I, there's nothing controversial about that tweet whatsoever. And this is why I think he, he had to have been drunk, high, whatever it is. I, I don't know. He had something had to be going on because he responds with, I can guarantee I was terrified and probably on a performance enhancing drug 
both times. Just Im- immediately amidst the, right. uh, amidst the doing right. steroids. We hey, went from zero nice to 100. seeing you in left field. I was on steroids. Right. But like, what is that? It's like walking out, taking out your trash in the morning, and your neighbors say, hey, how you doing, Brian? And you're like, hey, I'm scared as shit. Yeah, I have yeah. diarrhea, and I am on crystal meth. You know, what? what kind of a jump is that? I hope he was on something. You know, not. I mean, like, I hope he was drunk or, you know, high on something safe last night. I don't know what that was. I guess oh the God. thing is, will he do it again? If he does well, it again, it couldn't just be a one-off. Well, no, he doubles down, right? It doesn't end there. So here we go. Another, a user who goes by the name Shoeless Dro Jackson. What an upgrade from you saying Twitter user. You're actually using the at now. I'm using, I like Shoeless as, you know, handle. So he says, you know, put the glass down for a minute. The trash cans, Evan. <laughs> How many bangs of the trash can did you hear in the 2017 postseason? He said, depended on the pitch. And then what was the pew hit for a homer in game seven of the ALCS? A trash can bang. To which, hold on, I'm going to give you that answer in just a moment here. Thank you. Good content. Good content. Great content. You know, sometimes the internet cuts out around here. I mean, geez. Pat, aren't you paying the bills on this? <laughs> no, that's not. I pay for the Zoom. That's about it. My God, what is this? AOL? You can hear the thing dialing up. All right, here we go. It finally loaded. Hallelujah. All right, so Gaddis responds. Right, was the pitch you hit in game, uh, game seven, a homer, a, um, a trash can bang? He says, yes, I'm pretty sure. Backdoor cutter slider. That was off CC Sabathia. So, you know, CC, who's already outspoken about this, you know he had to have been heated last night. Another user, Kevin, asked him, since letting the cat out of the bag, what about the buzzers? Any truth to that? He says, honestly, I have no idea. It used to be possible, and I have researched it. If anyone used them, they were smart enough to not tell me, which, to be fair, very well may be the case. After that first one, they got a little bit wise. Now, we have all seen the footage of Altuve after the walk-off against Chapman with the jersey saying, don't rip it off. You know, now Altuve, someone that you would expect would be privy to that, if that is true, right? Not And Evan Gaddis, no, you wouldn't tell. If they did get smarter, there might be some truth to that. Do you think uh, there's any respect for Yankee fans for Evan Gaddis after what he emitted? No, because I think the only reason he did it is because he's drunk. And until he shows me something more, I think this was just something he regrets the next day. I don't think so. I think this is very much like a, like, I don't give a fuck. Fuck Houston. Fuck everything. I'm just letting it air out. Who gives a fuck? I'm just going to go on this rant. I mean, what is, what is Evan Gaddis have to like really live for and celebrate now? But what is, what is he, what is he doing? He wants the attention back on him. So he's just going to be, I'm just going to fucking stir up a shit storm tonight. Oh, let me stop you right there because he made another tweet that I, this one, I can't either. You know, he should be getting a lot of heat for this one. Um, but are you familiar with the, on Twitter, Sandra goes by Patches O'Houlihan? Yes. A Yankee fan. Yes. Big Yankee fan. Huge Yankee fan. Now, Sandra tweets at, or I'm sorry, Evan Gaddis tweets, happy Easter to all you idiots. To which The next day or same day? 
This was April 10th. So that was last night. Yep. Same day. Sandra says, thank you. Just T.Y. responds to it. Okay. Sure. Do you want to guess what his response was? I don't know. Based off of the first reply where he said that he was on steroids and t- terrified to play left field, I can, I can only imagine the route that he takes here. So this is a family show, right? Family show. I would we, say it's not, but sure. No, no, you know, we want, we want, everyone can listen. So Evan Gaddis responds to this tweet, just a simple thank you with, everyone gives you shit for having great tits. Again, we just jumped from zero to 100 in less than a, so what, what is going on? How can you tell me he's not under the influence of something there? John, let me ask you a question, because obviously that's an alarming tweet. But (laughs) yeah, in order for me to to really understand everything, I need to know what time he tweeted that. Um, Let's see. Hold on. I got it right here. Three oh five a.m. So that's late. Like that's like that's you up. That's you up hour right there. Can I can I can I throw a a caveat here that you're probably not thinking about? Is it now? We don't know if this person's on Eastern Standard Time, though. If they're well, in the, yeah, if they're in the good, West good Coast, point. that's that's a midnight tweet. That's fair game, I think. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. So just like, just makes you think. Midnight's late. Midnight's late. What's you up hours? I would say any time between twelve and four. No, nah, I think twelve. Uh, it depends on the age demographic, though. I think midnight's an okay. Like I think it's like one a.m. to four is like a you up hour. I would give you that. I'd give you that on a Friday or a Saturday, Pat. But I mean, this is this is Easter a Sunday. Night? If it's an Easter Sunday. No, you're, you're not no, saying this, you this up was yes. This was yesterday. So this is oh. evening. Night. It's the evening of Easter into Monday. Oh, you're right. You're right. It's, that was it's Easter a late. Sunday. It's a late oh. night Easter. Yeah, you're no, right. Never mind. I take I take it back. He was. Yeah. That's yeah. He had that Easter wine in him. He was too probably... much wine, too much sugared ham at the table. <laughs> you too know, much lamb there cake. you go. Yeah. John, I know I, I, I showed you this video over the last couple of days, and I know this was this was not a good way for you and I to build this relationship together. But I, I did send you the video that there's a clip of Garrett Cole talking about Jose Altuve, where yeah. he refers to him as a gift from the gods. Oh, my God. What are your what are your thoughts on that? And I th- I feel like I'm gonna post that throughout the year at random occasions. You know, I actually I completely forgot that Garrett Cole was an Astro. He was. He sure was. And like a an Astro that went into Yankee Stadium and, and didn't he beat you guys in the playoffs one game? He did. He did at Yankee Stadium. And then I, I just I think that gets really forgotten. And then obviously the very next year he becomes a Yankee. Mm-hmm. Guy, I said he always wanted to be a Yankee. I'm all in on that stuff too. Go, go play for the team you grew always grew up with. I'm, I'm completely fine with that Wait, move. Hey, which the Yankees have a lot of. I don't know if like, yeah, no shit. It's the fucking Yankees. But, I, but still, I, more, more than I can remember. I think that's pretty common. You want, you want to know who also has a random a lot of that it is Ooh. a different sport. But the New York Jets, there's like a lot of random ass players that grew up a grew fan up. of the Jets. Yeah, yeah. They don't ever come and play because they know better. But well, they were fans. How about them losing on Beckham? I wanted, I wanted OBJ here, man. No, I can't. I can't think about that right now. Oh my god. Well, you, you know, 
but my point, you, no, they, they got, they, there are a lot, but you know, uh, what do you want him to say in that situation, Brian? You know, he, he's, he just won the ALCS. That was a clip from after advancing to the world series. You know, he's excited to make it to the world series. He's a competitor. He played for that team. He didn't, what is he going to say? What is he going to say? I'm you know not going to You want to know a team I really want to talk about? Ooh. And this is this is a direct. I, I can take thing. a guess. This is a direct thing against you. There it I, is. I don't really know what. I don't really know what you're going to do with this. It's April. That's the, what I'm going to say. The Tampa Bay Rays yeah. are 11 and 0. They are. And they are not just like beating teams. They are beating the shit out of teams. I know it's April. I know it's 11 games in. But you and I both kind of discounted the Tampa Bay Rays in our season preview show. Yeah, no, are, we did. Are we are we eating our words this year on the Tampa Bay Rays, or is just is just just a hot start? You gotta. Do you see the teams they started against? Detroit, yeah. Detroit, the Nationals, Oakland, right. and now Boston. Well, that was that was just about to be my point. I mean, geez, I, they're not pet playing you know any national teams by any means here congratulations you beat detroit you know on that opening series who they did not look good detroit did not look good at all and that's you know this second year under aj hinch you're hoping for a little bit of a better performance out of them but you haven't seen that so far um the oakland athletics are a joke now i can go on and on at another time about the oakland athletics and i truly believe they are tanking they want to get out of Oakland. They want to get over to Vegas. And they they want to tank as much as they can to have zero attendance and have that leverage to get out of there and move to Vegas after years of failed negotiations in the Bay Area. Okay? They're, oh, my God, that was a rough series to watch. And then Boston. I mean, we said it going in. Now, you like the Red Sox. You got all excited after, you know, a not, few good games against the Orioles. as a good team. Uh, I like, see, I said, I did not say the Red Sox would be like a playoff team or compete. No, but you, you were, you were getting a semi for Boston there in the beginning of the I, year. Let me tell I you. like their roster. Well, what the hell does that mean? I like their roster. You're going to, that, that, what does they that got, mean? They have players on that team that I like. <laughs> I like Kiki Hernandez. I like Justin Turner. I like Duvall. I like Devers. They're all I, National I like, League guys. Other than I Devers. like their team, though. I don't think okay. they're going to be a playoff team, but I would look at their team and I say this: this is a team of a lot of players that I like. I hope they. I hope they do well. They, they're not a great team. Um, they, they they're are not, not a good team. team. I I do not want it to be confused. I do not think the Boston Red Sox are a good team. They have a bunch of players on that roster who I like personally like. All right. So then honestly, what's your reaction to Tampa Bay start? They're 11 and 0. And now that is a, that congratulations to them. That's a hard thing to do, regardless of who you're playing to win 11 games in a row, especially to start off the season. They, you know, set a new record for themselves. Uh, but what's your take then off of who they've played? Are they contender? You can only, you got to play what's in front of you. They, they don't put that weak schedule in front of them you have to beat what's in front of you they went sure. out they beat their schedule those are the teams they're supposed to kick the shit out of and they yep. went out and they and kicked done the that. shit out of them they've done I, that i think if they went nine and two i feel like people are just as you know 
gung ho about the Rays as 11 and 0. 11 and 0 is special. It's a fun way to start. A team has not started off that good in over 20 fucking years. So you got to tip your cap to that. That's a fun thing. The Rays fans will have that for until somebody else does it down the line in two decades from now. But yeah, I think I think we missed. I think the I think the Rays are legit, and I don't. When I say I think they're legit, I think the Rays will be a. I think they will be a playoff team this year. I think and they I, will be a playoff team. And I, I think my early assessment of the Rays was that I I thought this would be a down year for them. I thought Toronto, the Yankees were going to be a juggernaut. I think Baltimore's better. I just thought there was going to be enough. You thought Baltimore Rays... is better than Tampa? No, I thought Baltimore was just better. Oh, okay. Like they had gotten better on what they they, they yeah. are a better team. Like you go and play a series against the Orioles right now. You're you're not thinking that you're just going to sweep them. Like you're like, well, I no, hope we take right. I hope we take two out of three. Right. Like well, it's you, no. Right. You like should when take the it. Mets when the Mets play the Marlins. Like when the Marlins are fucking awful. In my head, I'm like. This should be three wins. And when it's two out of three, you're like, all right, we took two out of three. And like, that was how a lot of teams in the AL East used to view it. When the Baltimore Orioles were coming in, you'd be like, finally, I'm going to get three wins in a row here. And now you're like, man, I I hope we could just go take the series. Cause I think Baltimore is a fun baseball town. I think Camden's a special place. And I think if they just get a team that's competent, like they'll, they'll rally behind the Orioles. And we kind of saw that a little bit last year. And I, I'm, I really do like the Orioles. I don't know. I think Camden is one of those underrated ballparks just with how bad the Orioles have been. Now, granted, what the, Orioles did, what the Orioles did in left field, no oh sense God. to me. Oh what a God. nightmare. You know, that to me, that's a direct, that is just. How to defuse your lineup. But my God, it's like the Yankees are living rent free in their head. You build this ridiculous left field you you extend the fences out and it's almost like this is just for to neutralize judge and stanton now a lot of people say oh well you know maybe it will entice a starting pitcher to come play for baltimore well good luck doing that if your owner doesn't open up the pocketbook i mean my god who who's gonna say all right yeah i'm gonna play play for absolutely nothing but as long as you have that great left field fence i that it makes no sense to me. So it's one of the two things. Either you think you're gaining a competitive advantage against, you know, your in-division rivals who up until this year, you played the majority of the time. And you still play the majority of the time, but not to the same level as in the past. But newsflash, Stanton and Judge still go over that wall. And they proved it yes. this weekend, this last it, weekend. They, uh, it's unbelievable. Now, listen. I go on a lot of rants, okay? And I don't think we're going to have, you know, we'll see. Maybe the show is not over yet. Maybe I will. But the past two weeks, I, I've had some big rants, okay? Now, I, I'm a man of integrity. And I, even though I do that and I'll get on players, I'll admit when I'm wrong. And I, I feel like someone shut me up. And You're a man of faith. You know, I, I'm a man of word. I'm a man of my word. What can you say? I'm a good guy, you know, and someone has shut me up and I need to apologize. Clay Holmes. Now, Clay Holmes, I've been very vocal about and I've said I don't trust Clay Holmes. Uh, Clay Holmes is not the closer and he's not been the same guy as he was in the beginning of last year. Now, since I said that, 
on this episode. Clay Holmes has piled up three saves. He's allowed no hits. He's had five strikeouts and one walk, pitching to a zero ERA. Now, granted, that was one game against Philadelphia after he did pitch another game against Philly where he did not look good. But after that outing, he looked great against Philly, picked up a save, and then picked up two saves over the weekend in Baltimore. Take that for what it is, but that this Clay Holmes has looked much better than the Clay Holmes we've seen. What's your Clay Holmes confidence level at? Like one I mean, is like no confidence, great. and then a 10 is like, this is my guy. This is my closer. Yeah, I mean, it's still not great. I'd say maybe a 5.5 at the moment. It's not high. You know? it's, it's really not, not high. You know, I'm over, I'm over 50%. Let's say that it's more than I'd say a coin flip at this point. But I favor his success, but just barely. I'm very cautiously optimistic. Okay. I think that's yeah. fair. That's now, fair. Would you rather a David Robinson, Robinson? Adam out of Adam out Yep. Yeah. Or Clay Holmes closing a game for you. Honestly, Adovino. I still think Adovino's got got it. He's looked great. He's did you great. see? I don't know if you saw him when uh, he closed out the game. I did. He did, did the Carmelo three to the head. <laughs> I did. I don't know. I don't know if that is just going to be like something he does now after like he closes uh, out a he's game. He's a character. Or if he did it because he got three Ks in the inning. I didn't know if the three was I got three Ks or if it was like just that's going to be my like save Sally. With Ottavino, you know, who maybe he watched the Nick game the night before and he just got really excited and one. He's a nut like that. Is that I, I thought I read that Ottavino was a New York guy. He is. He is a New he York. Is, guy. Right. I think he, he's from Long Island. If maybe I, he's just a Knicks fan. He, he very well might be. Big Carmelo guy. I'm looking it up right now. Where, where was Adovito born? You know what's crazy? When you, you type into Google and Wikipedia is like the eighth result. Why is Wikipedia not just the first? Yeah, he was born in Manhattan. There you go. Adovito yeah. was a Manhattan kid. He so, moved to Brooklyn when he was three years old. Grew up in Brooklyn. There you, there go. you go. That could be it. All right. So are you you're apologizing to Clay Holmes? I am. Well, he's made me eat my words, and I respect I, I, but that. But see, I feel like if you apologize to him now, he's going to fuck up. He's going to fuck up this whole week. Yeah. yeah. Ten games into the season, you're going to be cursing his name. Absolutely. In a week, and I don't think you can do that. That's why I, I don't think you but, should go back on yeah, your apology. No, but, but I'm a man of integrity, Brian. You're going to go I, back I gotta, on your apology after three games. Oh, you know, I, I got to give credit where credit's due. Uh, you but know. Then I, you, but then you can't curse his name. Oh, I can't. I absolutely can't. If I'm going to praise you. When you prove me wrong, I'm going to get on you when you, you pitch like shit. It's as simple as that. I think right now, no matter what, you need to be a Clay Holmes guy. Why? Why do I have no to be what? a Clay Holmes guy? Because you got to create some positive. You're telling me earlier in the show that the Yankees don't have that like special feeling. Yankee baseball is not much. Watched. They don't. But Clay Holmes so, isn't the answer to that. But maybe it's missing that just like positive reinforcement. Maybe Clay Holmes needs you. Oh, yeah, I'm the you know what? He probably listened to station to station the other week. He heard my take and it, you know, compelled him to do better. He went out and bought some NBA shooting sleeves that he's wearing for God knows what reason now. And he's just struck gold. Hold on. No, talking about buying shooting sleeves. Time out. 
Did you see any of the Yankee game when Cortez pitched over the weekend? I did. Are you talking about his glove? The frigging glove. Now, he wears this glove. It's The brand is 44. You know, they're one of those newer, think of like craft beer as the gloves and baseball merchandise. You know, that's kind of what this brand is, kind of like the Victus Bats when they started off. Really going back, you know, New Jersey people, you know, academia, um, and like basically like that. But the home plate umpire, and now I've had an issue with home plate umpires all season long so far. It seems like we can't catch a friggin' break. Again, this is shocking. This, this guy has to be a horse's ass and go out there and make Cortez color the 44. It's a white stitch 44 right on like the wrist of the glove. And many people in the game wear this. And they're all, you know, just about all of them are white. But he decided that Cortez had to black this number out. So he did. Now, the very next night in Cleveland, Domingo Herman takes the mound. Same glove. Same exact glove. Nothing. Nothing. He got to wear it the whole night. So Did you, know, you did you get the name the of the umpire that? who made you who made him do it? Yeah, you know, oh I did you're have a, the name. You're a big anti umpire guy. And oh. I'm I'm more of the, you know, I you gotta respect it. No, you know, no. Like you I, know, I gotta respect that move. I, I respect I I respect umpires. I do. You know what I don't respect is when these guys try to make the game about themselves and they go out there and they ruin the viewing experience for all of us who just want to see a ball game, but they feel the need to make it about themselves and be horses asses out there on the field. And that is a prime example. Now I talked about how Laz Diaz loves to always make everything about him. You know, he's a drama queen. That's what he is. Now this was another example of the exact same thing. And I, I don't have any patience for when, you know, people act like that. And it was Bill Miller. That's who it was. You know, Bill Miller is a veteran of the game. He's been around for a while. So for him to go out there and do that, that's just absolutely asinine to me. I, I, I have no understanding why he would do that. But, you know, I think Cortez handled it well, nonetheless. He shook it off. My last Yankee point I want to get to for you right now. Carlos Rodon, he's been injured. Yankees' big offseason signing. Uh, he hit the IL early in spring training with, you know, some arm problems. Now his recovery, you know, after Cashman saying hopefully best-case scenario mid to late April, well, we find out today Carlos Rodon, he has a setback. His back is hurting. I'm sure I'm Yankee sorry. fans are going to react really Really understandable. I'm starting to get worried already, Brian. I'm already, I can see, I've I've heard this story too many times. Okay, I've heard this too many times. And I'm getting sick and tired of it. So yeah, I'm getting worried. And now it is April. You talk about April overreactions. I'm starting to worry that I'm not going to see Rodon until August. I, you know. I'm telling you, this is not the energy Clay Holmes needs from you. Oh, Jesus. It's not. You know, I'm, I'm a Clay Holmes cheerleader. Believe you, me. Right I feel now. like your, your first couple weeks during this season, John, you have just been so negative, negative. and down. Yeah. No, You've no, been I have so been. negative. And, and they've not, won every and, series so far. And they're not playing bad ball at all. Now, is this just, is this just how you go about watching your Yankees? Or <laughs> are you just, is this just a different atmosphere for you? But like, you know, 
I'm looking at the Mets right now, and we're we're in a, almost a similar spot where our big offseason acquisition. We both went out, or both our teams went out and signed some pretty stud starting pitchers with Carlos Rodon and Justin Verlander. And Justin Verlander is probably going to be coming back around the same time, right? End of April. And, you know, he missed the opener. Mets are staying afloat right now. You know, they're not looking too hot tonight. Looks like we're going to be back to, to 500 after this game with the Padres, unless the Mets get some miracle. And that might just happen on air as they go to the bottom of the ninth down four to one. But, you know, both our big guys are not here right now. And, I, and I'm kind of viewing it as like, hey, we're going to get our big guy back at the end of this month and we're already playing all right, we're going to be okay. And I feel like you're just like, Carlos Rondon's dead. Like he's in a coffin. I can't believe I'm going to pay him over a hundred million dollars to just be a a cold, lifeless body. You you know, what, what do they sell? What do they say in advertising sells? What is the phrase? Uh, Spend money to make money. I don't, I don't know where we're going with this. No. What, what, what phrase do you want? They sex say sells. sex sells. Thank you. Sex, sex um, sells, right? I, I thought course. that's what you were saying, but I, I'm, how, where are you going to go course, with this? Of course, the producer who knew the time frame for when to send a you up text knows that <laughs> sex sells. That is Absolutely. true. That's why I'm here. Pat, we didn't Pat talk might about be, that. Pat might be a horny guy. Uh, plead the fifth. Continue, John, to your point. I, I, don't, I didn't like that. Um, <laughs> I don't know. It's not fair for me to continue following that. Man's are right here. Don't worry. <laughs> but, you uh. know, again, but to that point, as I tried to block whatever that was out of my head, sex sells. Now, as Yankee fans, the idea of winning a World Series, it's something we've become so, you know, used to. It's a high, you know, through the 90s and 2009 then, you know, the team of the decade. And it's been over a decade now that the Yankees have even been to a World Series. And, you know, when you, you have a significant other, or if you don't, and it's been, a, it's been, you know, what you call a dry streak. What do you get? That sexual frustration. You got, and that, you got that's, blue balls right now, your Yankees? That, yes, with the World Series. I have blue balls for a World Series. We can't even get in the World Series you let alone win the thing right now. So, yes, excuse me while I'm a little extra testy at the moment because the Yankees haven't been close. You know, the few ALCSs, but even in the ALCS, other than 2017, really, when were we that close to a World Series? So these little things, I think, with all of us, they just accumulate and bother us to this point of frustration. My God, can you win? Can you win? Can you do something other than hit a freaking home run every night? You know, I want to see base hits. Give me the Louis Soho's back in the game. You know, oh my God, I, I want to see. It's got to kill you. It's got to kill you too, where oh. you haven't gotten some in so long. And you've, you've watched your little brother take a girl into the room and close the door. Now you don't know what happened in that room. You don't yeah, know what happened in there. Exactly. But you haven't even you haven't even been in the room. The little brother went in the room. The little brother went in the room. Performance anxiety. His, his, the no, the little brother went in the room, took his pants down. She laughed and left. That that was when Daniel Murphy let the ball go into right field. That's exactly when that happened. But he was in the room. He was in the room. But John, he was in the room. John, but don't worry. You have the internet though. You can just look up. 
if you ever like you're, yep. you're, you're you're feeling that way you can just look up your the last 27 rings so and that's fine. what and that's what we do as yankee fans right have you ever been on facebook and read a comment section on a post it's all about the past it's all about the past do you as a yankee fan i guess let's kind of unpack a little bit of this because i don't i personally do not want to have the 27 ring conversation okay but when do you ever feel like this isn't something I should be pulling out of my hat? Or is that just like your ultimate, like my backs against the walls, a Yankee fan. I don't know what else I got. What is, what does the 27 ring argument mean to you? No, I, as a Yankee I fan? so I'll tell you this. I think there's two sides of that, right? I think, you know, as with any team, you have your fans, you know, the fans that go through everything. They're watching 162 games. You know, you and I, we're in it. We're following everything. Every single roster move, we get an update on their phone. The moment Aaron Judge passes gas, I get a push notification on my iPhone that lets me know the, you know, the smell, the level of it, the loudness, how many decibels it just, hit. Just, just battle you know, through this. Almost we, get, we get all of those information. Now, you have other fans who show up to the games. Yeah, I like the Yankees, you know. They couldn't tell you more than five guys on the roster. Now, for those guys, they like to get rowdy, sure. They like to throw it in your face because the Yankees are billed as the top team. But when it push comes to shove and they get into an argument of intellect, yeah, they resort to the, oh, yeah, 27 ranks, right? And sure, easy out. And that's why I think that's gotten a bad rap. Now, I think I still value the 27 rings. I've heard the counter argument. Oh, well, how many of those were, you know, before, you know, 1961? Some of those aren't even rings. Yeah, correct. Some of them are pocket watches. But, you know, you can't take that away from them. They did what they did. Sure, it was, you know, a different landscape then, but it doesn't, everyone was on the same, you know, advantage. So really, where, how are you going to tell me to discredit those? They've had a great history. They haven't been good of late. It is what it is. Now, they need to get better, and they are taking steps, but you got to get through Houston. That's it. You say they got to get through Houston? They Everything's gotta, Houston? You got to get through Houston. That's it's, it. I, it's it's almost weird, though, as a Mets fan, watching like my entire childhood with the Mets being so bad and watching the Yankees be relatively very, very good yeah. my like early life. And watching there be a team who has like just tormented the Yankees for five years now. Yep. It's just absolutely, it just feels from an outside perspective, as somebody who's not a fan of either team, watching it from afar is just weird. It feels so wrong, like where it's just like this shouldn't be happening. And now it's kind of transitioned into like the Yankees just, they just can't beat them. Like they, yeah they have the yips against the Astros. Like they can go out and dominate the regular season. They could go beat up on the Minnesota, Minnesota twins in the first round. They could go whoop the shit out of the guardians in the first round. And then once they line up with Houston, it's like, fuck, here we go. We're, we're, we're looking Satan in the eye and like, you just, they just freeze. But you make it sound more mental. I don't think it's, you don't think it's thing. mental. Like when they see that it's the Astros. No, I, I, I genuinely sure. I'm, I'm sure there's some aspect to that, right? You you have to know that these guys have beaten you every time. But I, I genuinely don't believe the Yankees are scared of Houston. I don't. 
I think that the Yankees roster is not assembled to beat the Houston Astros. And even after this offseason, what does everyone say? Well, you know, they got better, but so did Houston. And I don't think they're better than Houston. Now, the Yankees roster, as good as it is and as good as it gets you through the regular season, it gives you great highlights. It's very feast or famine. It's been very feast or famine. and It's gotten a bit better. And we'll see now when you have Bader and Volpe and LeMahieu all healthy in the lineup, how that goes. But ultimately, you have to get more base hits. You have to figure out that Houston's pitching, you know, it's going to be top-notch. And doing the small things and doing your end and getting those base hits and stealing bases, manufacturing runs, it's huge. And the Yankees haven't done that. They need to get better with that. We'll see. We'll see because they are bringing up some kids now. We'll see how that goes, um, you know, and I'm sure they'll make some additions at the deadline as well. But you need more contact in the lineup. And if you do that, I think you can beat Houston. I really do. It's going to suck when you guys make it all the way to the playoffs and like the Rays just sweep you. Well, yeah, right. You know, that's what happened two years ago, too. Like, well, they didn't sweep. I think the thing that would suck the most is that I think in order for the Yankees to win a championship, they have to defeat Houston in the process. And if they didn't even get a shot at yeah. Houston, I yeah. think I think there would be a part of that. Even if the Yankees won it all, I know everyone would be like, they won it all, we're celebrating right. and all that. But like, God forbid they don't match up with like Houston in the ALCS and like the route to the World Series like didn't include beating Houston. Right. There'd be like that thing where it's like, you still didn't beat them. Right. No, you're 100% right. And that to me, now listen, if the Yankees win the World Series and they don't play Houston, I'm still going to be happy. Okay. Oh, I, you're you're I'm still going to party your ass off. Ab- absolutely. Um, um, yeah, I will be as ecstatic as anyone. But as the ticker tape parade starts to fade away from our memory, you know, Met fans are going to be sure to mention to us nonstop how we still didn't beat Houston. That will be the go to. That is not now. I, I agree with you. Met fans will do that. That is not the style of Met fan that I really am. I don't like going that route because yeah, you're closeted. You're a closeted radical. I know all the fucking shit that my fucking team has been through. Where if I get one thing on your team to attack you for, I know if we open up my closet, you're gonna see fifty fucking skeletons of horrible, right. horrible Mets moments that I don't want to relive. And if you get, you know, revved up and you want to attack me, you're going to grab onto those moments and you're going to make me relive those moments. But meanwhile, I'm attacking you being like saying the Yankees didn't beat Houston and they won a world series. You're sitting there with another world series being like, okay, you had this happen. You had this happen. You had this happen. Like I, I just won again you still have nothing and you still have all those fucking horrible memories. I don't like to well, antagonize yeah. as a Mets fan because I know where I've been. Usually I'm the one who gets frustrated with the Mets myself. I don't want other people to come after me with the Mets because I'm like, listen, I, I know what you're going to say. I watched all those games. I watched them live. You just watched the highlights or the misplays that took place on Twitter. Like I fucking lived that horror show. And so in I'm, fairness, not, I'm not going to try to, I'm not going to try to rev you up unless it has something to do with Mets versus Yankees head to head. Then it's a little bit more like, Hey, they settled it on the field. 
this right. is what we can argue about. In fairness, though, too, I say Mets, but you know, it would be more than Mets. It, you, you'd hear the 100%, Houston yeah, fans, yeah, it wouldn't just be the Mets fans, the Boston it, fans, you know, all of that because the Yankees, they're, because they're the like Boston the Red Sox, when the Red Sox won their World Series, they beat Houston. They did, they so, did, and that's and that's a you know that's a very funny point that you know that the Red Sox fans would be like. Oh, right. congratulations. You did you it. Still you didn't, didn't beat Houston. them. Right. When we won ours, we beat Houston. Right. Now, it would be sweet to win the World Series to all means, but the ultimate what you want is to go through Houston, just kick the tar out of them, and then win the World Series. That is the ultimate dream. John, you're talking, about, you're talking about sweet. Yeah. So we're talking about World Series baseball here in April, 10 mm. games into the season. Let's Let's bring it back to right now. Let's, you know, we ended last week episode with saying something sweet. And I'd like, I'd like to kind of keep that going. We said something sweet. about. I said something sweet about the Yankees. You said something sweet about the Mets. I thought that was a special thing. I kind of got, I took the leap first last week. I took a chance. I said something sweet without knowing if you were going to say something sweet. And you did. You also returned. You returned the nice. uh, Again, man of my word. Man of my word. You were a man of your word but I'd like for you to go first this time just so you know, you can be the vulnerable one. If you're comfortable with that, I don't want yeah. you to feel uncomfortable here. Yeah, no, I, I'll tell you what. Um, my favorite moment over the weekend uh, with the Mets, it, it, it didn't really have to do with the play. Now, listen, I could have said Pete Alonzo. Uh, Pete Alonzo has looked absolutely phenomenal at the plate. Okay. The, the guy has been great. And I, I kind of wanted to say Pete, but there was one moment that really did stand out to me, and that was opening day at City Field uh, when the Mets introduced Edwin Diaz. And they did the trumpets. They brought Diaz out. You know, he came up to the top step uh, on his crutches. And, I mean, the ovation he received, it, it's one of those moments you couldn't help but just, you know, smile. Regardless, I'm a Yankee fan. I represent the interlocking over the overlapping. It doesn't matter at that point. It's just a moment where you feel good you know, a feel good sports moment. Everything Diaz has meant to that team. Um, after getting hurt in the WBC, which is really just the worst thing you could imagine to come out to the field after, you know, he's going to miss the year and get that kind of ovation. Really cool moment. Good job by the Mets. Uh, good job by Diaz by being there. Now, Brian, how about you? That was nice. I appreciate that. I was something nice. I want to say to you something sweet for you, John, about your Yankees is that, uh, you know, I got to see a lot of Giancarlo slash Mike Stanton. Yeah. And he was playing for the Miami Marlins. Big Mike. Big Mike. And it was basically every single time that we played the Marlins, I felt like we were due almost every game to let go a solo shot to Giancarlo that would go about 500 feet. And it was just clockwork when he was like in his prime form. Giancarlo to start this year looks like that Giancarlo. Yeah. And yeah. it is... 10 games in and I understand that but if that man could play at like 90% of how he played back in Miami those days with Aaron Judge you guys are going to be you guys are going to be nasty you know like, for me it's just stay healthy did you see him diving for the ball oh my in god last night in Cleveland oh my god I had a heart attack every time I didn't care if it landed foul at that point. I knew they were going to lose that game last night. It just had the feel of it all night long. And it ultimately, at the end of the day, they lost by a run. I, I, In the middle of the game, I didn't care. Let it fall. You know, let 
if it was going to be a fair ball, lose by 10. Just don't get hurt. My God. He's got no business being in the field either. He's a DH. Yeah, honestly, with, with his bat, I would never let him see the field. No, and now he's he's not a bad fielder. He really isn't. It's but just that he gets af- hurt. You can't afford him to get hurt in the field. Right. You can't. You just, you absolutely cannot do it. All right. Well, that's that certainly was something sweet. Um, before we wrap up here, the week a look at the week ahead. You know, Mets, we have San Diego right now. Once they're done with that, they have an off day on Thursday before a bit of a lengthy West Coast trip. Um, you're yep. going to go AL face off against Oakland before going to face the Dodgers, which should be a great matchup. Now, the only thing I don't like about that Dodgers matchup, it's a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday series. You got Mets Dodgers in L.A. Yep. And you have them playing on a Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. I mean, that's where you put games to die. A Monday night? Yeah. Really? That's Sunday night baseball, if you ask right. me. Right. That's, a, that's a weekend series. Mets, Dodgers? Come on. Uh, you know, all right. But regardless, you got the Dodgers. Then you have San Francisco for a four-game set. No days off there in that trip. Um only get to see Michael again. Conforto, Wilmer Flores, Yeah, JD you Davis. get to see the 2015 Mets. I miss them all so much. Michael Conforto, though, shout out to him at the end of this show, man. Michael Conforto looks pretty damn good already in a Giants uniform. He's got a couple big hits. He does, actually. He has looked pretty good. Did you, homers. See, did you see against Chicago uh, where Kopech was tipping his pitches? They just were teeing off on him. Yep. I'm telling you, Conforto's got one of the most like beautiful left-handed swings, too, he when does. he's healthy. It's a good-looking he swing. I'll be honest with you. I was actually – I was really hoping um, if Benatendi wasn't going to sign with the Yankees – that the Yankees would get Conforto. And now, obviously, neither of those things happened. And left field's still a bit of a question mark for the Yankees. But man, what a nice fit Conforto would have been in that lineup. I would have loved it. would have drove you nuts, too, I'm sure. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, the Mets, again, the Dodgers, then you finish off with a four-game weekend series against San Francisco before having an off day and returning back home against the Nationals. Yankees finish off their series in Cleveland. No off days for them. They open up a four-game set with the Minnesota Twins on Thursday. Um, Then they have the Angels in town and Toronto for a bit of a lengthy mid-April homestand. Well, we hope you've enjoyed it today. Brian, you have anything else before we head out? No, I think overall, I think just Met fans got to feel good, right? You got to feel okay. I know that it doesn't feel like last year. It doesn't feel special. Let those moments happen. Let this team get healthy. Let some of these young guys come up. I think the 2023 Mets are going to be good, and I think they're going to be fine. Just relax. Enjoy the ride. Yankee fans, be cautiously optimistic and believe in Brian Cashman. And Clay Holmes. Clay Holmes. He's been Brian Sarnelli. I've been John Persapio. We hope you enjoyed episode three of Station to Station. Make sure to follow our socials. That's going to be the letter S number two station pod. Find us on Instagram and TikTok. Also search for us on YouTube. YouTube, you're going to find additional clips that you're not going to hear as part of the main episode. We come on live throughout the week there. Uh, That's really a great place to be to follow all things New York baseball. Again, Brian Sarnelli, I'm John Persapio. We hope you enjoyed episode three. See you next time, everyone. Take care.